So we're all learning together what we are Centerpoint means, and that's what this series has been about. So we're, we're excited to continue on in that. We, we heard from Pastor Jamie a couple weeks ago talking about what the mission is that God has given us, and he, you could dial that down to make Christ known. And I think about, like, man, who couldn't get behind that? Like, it's the best thing ever, the best story ever. Who couldn't get behind, like, I get to be a part of making Christ known. Sign me up. And last week, we talked about the vision. And the vision, if you boil that down, that's what we're really about. It's we're about the ones. The wandering ones within the church and the lost ones outside. Like We're about the ones. And so today, we're actually going to talk about the values of, of our church, the values of our organization. And so now values might be, feel like a little bit like a buzzword, right? And so like it's a buzzword and what you've heard it before, but you don't really know what that means. Um, and that's, that's, that's fine. That's where I've been in the past. And so when you, when you Google what are values, it says it's really their guiding principles. So they're guiding principles for how an organization is supposed to function. It's supposed to be how do you make decisions as an org organization, like how do you know what direction you're going to go? You have a set of principles that helps you make decisions and helps guide you, kind of keep you on the rails. And so we have five of them. You've seen them. You maybe didn't know it when we handed out the, the first time you would have seen them when we made the, uh, the Centerpoint Covenant available to you a couple of months ago. They were listed on the back uh, of that sheet. You got a little half sheet of paper the last couple weeks. That's been made available. That half sheet had the values listed out on there. But today we're going to focus just on our values. And I'm going to read them off uh, just in case you haven't seen them. So centering on the gospel, transforming lives, prioritizing healthy culture, valuing generations, and living on mission. That's what we're going to be about. This is how we're going to make decisions. This is how, this is the guardrails, the guiding principles that we are going to have as a church so that we know how to function. It'll be used in helping us make, make decisions. Now, these are not like uh, mind-blowing, world-changing, like these are pretty predictable, yeah? It's like, hey, we're a church, we're going to center on the gospel. Good idea! Well, wow, where'd you come up with that when you guys are amazing, right? It's like, yeah, that, saw that one coming. Uh, so actually, uh, I, I wish I had time to go through each one of these uh, five in depth, and the, the, none of you want to be here that long, because um, I could do hours on this stuff. But we're going to focus on two. We're going to focus on the first one and the last one uh, today. Um, and then we'll hit the other three a little bit next week. And then hopefully, I mean, honestly, the goal is you will hear these so much that you'll start to speak this stuff. And then you'll be like, wait a minute, I just said a church word. Oh, they're getting to me. But we just want it to become part of normal language. And so hopefully uh, in, in the next season, the next year, maybe we'll have a chance to get through each one of these as its own sermon, but today we're going to focus on two. So centering on the gospel is where we're going to start. Like I said, super predictable that this is something that we should be about. It's something that how we form and make uh, decisions. And so that means that 
the gospel the, is at the center of everything we do. Now, maybe you're asking the question, well, what is the gospel? And that would be a fair, fair ask. So if you dive into what the word means, the word gospel actually means good news. It means good news. So then you're probably like, well, what's the good news? You guys are geniuses. That's the same way I think through stuff. Um, the good news, it, it's, it's the story of how, how Jesus lived a perfect life, died to take away our sins, and then was resurrected. And sits now at the right hand of God, awaiting his time to return. That's the good news. It's that the good news is we were all, we are all, destined for hell. We are destined to be, to be separated from God except that Jesus entered into our world. And through Jesus and only through Jesus do we have access back to the Father. And through Jesus, through, just through faith, through faith we have an opportunity to not be separated, though that's what we deserve and that's where we were headed, but actually to be joined with God in his presence in heaven for all eternity. So Jesus can change the trajectory of our eternity. That's, that's pretty good news. Because once you are born, you will exist for all eternity in one place or the other. And whether that's what you believe at this point or not, I'm just sharing with you how it's going to, how it's going to go. And so Jesus gives us this access. And so we want everyone to know this good news. We want everyone to have the opportunity to receive this good news and accept the gift of grace that Jesus wants to give. Or reject it. Because those are the only two options. We can either receive the gift of grace or we reject God. There is no in-between. But this is good news because where there was no way, now there's a way. And his name is Jesus. Now, did we just pull this out of thin air? Nigh. That's Gaelic or Irish for no. I'm very Irish. I don't really have to look this up, but we're going to look it up anyway. We're going to read out the book of John. John chapter 3. John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Now, John chapter 3, verse 16, that's the football verse. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Who grew up watching network TV uh, and some guy held John 3.16 up behind the goalposts. And you're like, I don't know who John is, but he's late. Because it's 4 o'clock. I didn't know what it meant. I had no idea what it was talking about. Now I'm like, oh, neato. It's just me who didn't know, isn't it? So John 3.16, really famous. John 3.17, less famous. My opinion, just as powerful. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God... 
did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. I don't know what tradition, what church tradition you grew up in, but some of us grew up in a church tradition where it is our belief that God is an angry old man who is really disappointed with you. And he's just looking for an opportunity to catch you doing something wrong. And then is excited to punish you for that. And if that's the tradition you grew up in, I'm sorry. Because that's not the gospel. The gospel is that God so loves you that he sacrificed his son for your life. His son so that your sins can be wiped away and you can spend eternity in the presence of God. Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but to save it. It's pretty good news. Now, the other, the other piece of this that, that, that I go to, right, in, in my mind, and I don't know if you go there or not, but this is where I go in my mind, is, is like, well, is he really who he says he is? And there's a great... Uh, conversation. It's in the book of 1 Corinthians. That's a little later in your Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And this is a fellow named Paul. Uh, Paul wrote, wrote this in a letter to the church in Corinth. And he's explaining, like he's kind of giving an account of, of the fact that Jesus was who he says he was, all right? So let's read this together. 15, starting in verse 3. For what I received, I pass on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, and then to the twelve, the disciples. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me as to one abnormally born. So Paul is relating that he met Jesus, but it was later on. It wasn't at the same time, he, he was, but he was face to face with Jesus. Now, why do I bring this up? And, and, and this is why. So another point in the Bible, Paul says something to the effect of, if the resurrection didn't happen, we're all idiots. Another fun-loving message at Centerpoint Church. (laughs) If the resurrection didn't happen, the word he used is fools, which if you look up the definition of idiot, fools. Just so you know. 
We're all fools if the resurrection didn't happen. But Paul contends that it did because he met Jesus face to face. And when he's writing this this book, this, this letter to Corinth, it was about 52 to 55 AD. It was 20 years after Jesus lived, died, and was resurrected. Most of the people who witnessed the resurrected Jesus in bodily form were still alive. And you could go ask them. Jesus was resurrected from the dead, which means that this is very good news. Because we are dead to our sins. If anybody participated in, in the Ash Wednesday service we had to kick off Lent, you consider yourself dead to your sins and alive in Christ. Because of our sins, we are dead. We are separated from God. There is no life when our sin is separating us from God. But because of Jesus, that all gets wiped away. We have access to God and we are alive. Only in him. And that's true because Jesus was the first to be resurrected from the dead. Now if you're like me, and like, oh, the Bible says the Bible is true. Awesome. It's not just the Bible. If you wanted to go read some Roman historians, which I'm sure you do, Josephus is on your reading list, right, if I go to Amazon? If you want to go read those, it talks about this, this fella Jesus who appeared to a number of people after he had supposedly died. See, the Romans and the Jews don't even deny that Jesus was alive after the crucifixion. They stand on the fact that he probably was never even dead. And see, that would work out really well except for the Romans did the one thing that Romans do. Or did. Like if the Romans were good at anything, they were good at killing people. They made sure he was dead. And God showed everyone he was alive. That is good news. And we, at Centerpoint Church, Jesus is the center and the point of everything that we do, we are going to center on this good news. Everything we do will come from that fountain of truth and life and joy. That's an easy one. Now, the middle ones we'll get back to here in a second. We'll, I'll, I'll bring them up again. But we're going to head to the last one. That's living on mission. Living on mission. Now, if you weren't here week one or you weren't watching online week one and you, you want to go back because Pastor Jamie hit, kind of started the story of, uh, of our church this way. He talked about how really, uh, there's, a, there's a passage of scripture where Jesus says, go and make disciples. Um, it's the end of the book of Matthew. It's, it's chapter 28, if you want to take notes. Chapter 28, verses uh, 19 and 20. Um, you can check that out. 
And that is, it talks about Jesus saying, go and make disciples. And if you wanted to dive into uh, the Greek, which I know you all do. No, you don't. But, but really, like, if you dive into the text, what, it, what he really means is as you are going. As you are going. So it's not like a separate thing that we're doing. But it's just as you are living, as you are doing life, make disciples. And so the last one of our values is living on mission. Living on mission. That's who we want to be. We want to be a people who are living on mission as we are going. Now, Jesus was the king of living on mission. I know, I know I'm a little behind the times. I think this series has been over for quite a while. But our family, we just found The Chosen. It's some app thing, and you have to play it. It's, it's impossible to figure out. Our children are like, oh, come on, so easy. Whatever. But so we've, we've been trying to watch it, and it's not the inspired, you know, the, the TV show is not inspired by God. It's not the actual Bible. It's not Jesus himself showing up. But the stories they lay out and how they lay out how he went about life is he was just doing life and he was transforming people's lives as he went. And the disciples following him, he's kind of like, hey, come check this out. This is going to be awesome. Like, follow me. And he doesn't really stop. He just keeps going. He keeps moving. He's asking people just to witness what he is doing and how he is showing up. And just as he is going... The mission of God is moving forward. So we actually get this. This also comes from the Bible. Yeah. It's crazy how this all works. So Deuteronomy. Everybody say Deuteronomy once, just because it's fun. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Yeah, now you should read it. It's a really good book. Right in the front. Um, such a good book. Love it. Skip Leviticus. That'll. You won't like Leviticus. I'm going to tell you now. It's okay. It's okay. Just skip it. Go to Deuteronomy. Okay. We'll get back to Leviticus. We'll get there. We're not skipping all the Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Now, you don't walk along the road a lot. Fair? Because we have this, the advent of the thing called a car. Right? But basically what, he's, what God is laying out here is, as you're just doing your normal stuff, as you're hanging out at home, as you're driving back and forth to whatever it is that you go and do, share the gospel. 
Tell your family, tell your kids, tell your grandchildren, tell your friends, tell your colleagues, tell your classmates. Like, as you are just going, as you are being, share the gospel. Live out the gospel. What we want to do is we want to set an appointment, right? Because we're calendar people. Who are my, who are my calendar people? Show me my, come on, there's more than a couple of us that everything goes in the calendar. If I don't put it in the calendar, I don't dislike you. I just forgot all about it. <laughs> in fact, I love you so much that while we're talking, I'm going to be like, hold on, and I'm going to put it in the calendar or I won't do it. Because if it doesn't remind me, buzz in my little pocket here, no idea it was supposed to happen. And I get home and Jen's like, how was your meeting today? And I'm like, come on! <laughs> I gotta make a phone call. Because I just forget. I forget. I love you, I forget. And so I put it in the calendar. But like, what we want is we want to be able to put an appointment in our calendar and be like, let's see, Tuesday afternoon, we're going to make disciples from 2, 2.30 to 3.30. Yeah! Like, yeah, we're going to make disciples. About an hour. Should be good. Like, that's what we would like. Right? Because then it's like, well, it's finite time. It's not going to mess with my life. I'm going to keep my life separate from, from, from Jesus-y life. Because it's just cleaner. It's just easier. We're going to keep it all separate. I've got compartments for everything. I've got a bin for that. I'll grab the bin. And from 2.30 to 3.30 on Tuesday, making disciples. So that's not how it works at all. The example Jesus gave us is as you are going, just as you're doing normal life, invite somebody in. Have someone go with you. It might be your family. It might be your kids. Disciple them. It might be a friend who's struggling. Just... You have to go get groceries? Go get groceries. Take them. If you get up early and, and read your Bible and pray, invite someone to do it with you. You're going to do it anyway. As you are going, as you are living, Live out the gospel. Share the gospel. Make Christ known. We want to be a people who are living on mission as we are going. Not where we just have it separated into our cute little box here. It's like, well, from 9.30 to 10.30, for an hour on Sunday, it's not the intent. It's not who we want to be. We want to be people who are walking with people. Living on mission. All right. What are we going to do? Right? What are we going to do. We want to be people who do. And so this one's a little hard. 
Because I can just be like, hey, center everything on the gospel, go. But like, well, what does that mean? <clears throat> That's fair. And so there's three little, uh, little taglines that we're actually going to hit more next week. So come back, tease. I took some marketing classes. I was actually a marketing major. That's working out pretty good. Sidebar. You know, you get the, if I went to college and I get an email from the college and be like, tell us about how you're using your degree. Like, I never make their magazine. It's like, I don't use it at all. Thanks, Central. They probably won't use that either. I'll tag them in Twitter. I'm like, hey, but, hey guys, talked about you. <laughs> what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty good. I have notes. So the taglines that I'm going to talk about uh, next week um, are, are these things. It's knowing Christ, growing together, and reaching beyond ourselves to make Christ known. Knowing Christ, growing together, and reaching beyond ourselves to make Christ known. So that's, that's something that we're going to talk about next week. We're going to introduce a thing called Discover Centerpoint, and those will be kind of the, the handles. But it's actually a really good, it's really good handles on, well, what are we supposed to do as we le- start to lean into the values of our church? And the, f- the first part of that is, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And if you know him as Savior, and you have him as Savior, and you've got the get-out-of-hell-free card, and you've got your fire insurance, is he your Lord? Are you living your life through him? Or is he an add-on? You make an appointment once a week to fit him into your life. But you got the fire insurance, you're good. Which is it? Knowing Christ means that he's Lord and Savior. Not just Savior. So for us to be able to center on the gospel as an organization, that means, so you're the church, secret, you're the church, not me, you are, you have to center on the gospel. So do you believe the gospel? Do you believe it's good news? Do you believe that Jesus lived a perfect life? died and took away all of your sins and then was resurrected on the third day. If you don't, will you talk with someone? Talk with me. Find me. I'll be right out by next steps after the service. Ask me some questions. Uh, email me, Cy at wearecenterpoint.com. Cy, C-Y, traditional spelling. There's no traditional spelling in my name. Anyway, Cy at wearecenterpoint.com. Email me. Let's talk. Let's hang out. Let's Come ask questions. I would love, absolutely love that. But knowing Christ is the first step for you being able to center on the gospel. Growing together is the second part. It's all about living on mission because the goal is we can't do this life together. It's too hard. There are too many challenges. Following Jesus will not make your life easier. It will make your life better. 
and it will make you better at life. Not easier. Who wants an easier life? It's okay, be honest. It's okay. They're like, no, it's so easy. I'm like, sweet. Can I hang out with you? But growing together, like having community, walking with people in small groups, like getting to know each other so that there's someone for me to reach out to when things aren't going the way that I would hope. If when I have questions, I have a safe place to go to ask. That's growing together. And that's actually kind of part of our part of some of our other values. Prioritizing healthy culture and healthy culture, we should share the load. This is it's an individual faith where you say, Yes, I believe that Jesus is who he says he is, and I receive the gift he's given, but it's for the purpose of corporate transformation. It's for the purpose to be shared in community. It's not an individual faith for you just to to hold to yourself. It's an individual faith for you to show to everyone else and tell everyone else, like, hey, this is what's true for me. It's transformed my life. And he wants to do the same for you, prioritizing healthy culture and valuing generations. That's living on mission because we should always be looking up to someone and looking back to someone, kind of reaching forward and, and bringing someone else along with us. And to, to build a healthy church, we need multiple generations. We need the generation ahead of us saying, hey, it's not about me. It doesn't say centering on me. It's a centering on the gospel. It's all about the good news of Jesus Christ and, and what he has done for us. And, and I'm here to say I'm going to set down my preferences so that the next generations, the following generations, can be raised up into the gospel. And I don't want my preferences to be a barrier. And it's about looking to upcoming generations and investing in children's ministry. There's a dozen people back there with your kids right now. Loving on them and sharing the gospel, this good news with them, in a way that they can understand and respond. They're sacrificing being able to be in the service right now so that they can go do that in there. Hallelujah. Because we value generations. We invest in students. High school, middle school, college. Why? Because we value that generation. Valuing generations. It's all about growing together. The last one, reaching beyond ourselves. That's living on mission. To reach beyond ourselves, we have to be able to let go of our preferences. Have to. Can I tell you a secret? I mean, secret in front of a hundred of my closest friends and whoever wants to watch this online. We don't do my preferences either.
This isn't my church. If it was a church of my preferences, it'd be very different. But it's not. I'm, I'm trying to be centered on the gospel. I want to see lives transformed. And not everybody is my story. And so what works for me doesn't necessarily work for everyone else. And so I have to lay down my preferences in hopes that as we center on the gospel, as we start to walk with people and see their lives be transformed, as we prioritize healthy culture, as we value generations, and as we live on mission, we see people believe in Jesus, walk away, turn, and repent from the life of sin. have their eternity changed because of that good news. So the band's going to come up. we got one more song we're going to play. And the question I want you to ask is where are you at? Of those three things I shared, knowing Christ, growing together, reaching beyond ourselves to make Christ known, where are you at? That's what I want you to spend the seven days asking yourself. Are you in a position where you need to, you really need to be honest with yourself and say that you know Christ as Savior but not as Lord? And to this week, now is the time to transition to a place of knowing Jesus as Lord. Are you in a place of growing together and it's time for you to start to do life with someone else? It's start, time for you to start inviting someone else into your world so you can grow together so you can grow together? Are you in a place where you feel healthy and you're ready to reach beyond yourself and live on mission? Wherever you are, it's okay for you to be there. I just want you to be honest with yourself and actually ask. And this week, figure out where you're at. Let me know. Shoot me an email. Shoot me a text. Stop me. Grab me at Casey's. Whatever. Like, talk to me. Where are you at? Knowing Christ. Growing together. Reaching beyond ourselves to make Christ known. Be honest with yourself this week. Let's pray. God, thank you for this opportunity 